Welcome into Rocky Talk, the Tennessee podcast presented by SECCountry.com. My name is Josh Ward. Excited to be with you today. Coming up in just a few minutes, Mike Griffith of SEC Country is going to join the show. We're going to talk a little Tennessee football. The price tag is out on Tennessee's renovated weight room. It's not a cheap price. I'll tell you about that. Tennessee is putting in all the investments it can to try to get Tennessee football right. Also, Jesse Smithy in a moment on one of Tennessee's newest offers, a running back, a local prospect that Tennessee has great interest in. You'll hear from Jesse on that right here on Rocky Talk, the Tennessee podcast presented by seccountry.com. The show is here through this week and next week. June 30th is when SEC Country will be going away, but we're doing the podcast all the way up until that date. So each and every day this week and next week, we'll be talking about what's going on with Tennessee. If you have any questions on what's going on with the Vols, any thoughts for the show, I'm on Twitter at Josh underscore Ward. Feel free to send me a message there. I mentioned on Monday's show that Tennessee over the weekend offered a scholarship to athlete T. Hodge from Maryville High School, just down the road from the University of Tennessee. Hodge is a very talented running back. He's a part of the 2020 class. He's a rising junior. But we've talked about recruiting in the state of Tennessee, and I don't know how many players Tennessee is really going to aggressively pursue in the 2019 class. I think it will be heavier in the 2020 class. Right now, Tennessee has a commitment from offensive lineman Jackson Lampley for 2019. We'll see what happens at the end of this year, but next year, I think it'll be heavier, and that includes T. Hodge, who picked up a scholarship offer from Tennessee just a few days ago. Hodge is a very talented prospect, but I wanted to learn more, so on Monday, I asked Jesse Smithy of fivestarpreps.com. Jesse has covered high school football in the East Tennessee area for a long time now, knows the area as well as anybody. I wanted to see what he thought about T. Hodge and his scholarship offer from Tennessee. Here's Jesse Smithy. T. Hodge is one of those kids that I put an alert on on social media. So anytime he tweets, I get a little buzz on my phone. Uh, He and a number of other athletes as well, just because he's been a guy since the start of his sophomore year that I think anybody that's been in and around Maryville program knows he's going to be a big-time athlete. Now, going into this offseason, he had offers from Chattanooga and Austin P. and he went to camp at Virginia Tech and whatnot and uh, just hadn't gotten that big offer yet. So it was a little bit of a shock to see Tennessee go ahead and offer so early, but I understand why Jeremy Pruitt and Chris Winkie decided to do that. You're looking at T. Hodge, who's six foot one, roughly 200 pounds, uh, he's been, he got clocked up at Kentucky a week or so ago at 4.46, and he's a kid who's um, very, very focused, driven, uh, talented, comes from great lineage. Of course, he's related to Randall Cobb, um, just has all the intangibles that you want. So it, it was smart on Tennessee's part to go in and get on him early. I talked with T. Hodge that later on that afternoon, and he said the little boy inside him really wanted to go ahead and accept that offer. He knows what it means to be offered by Tennessee growing up in the shadows of Neyland Stadium. Yeah, Tennessee hasn't been great of late, but it still carries a lot of weight whenever you get that offer from Tennessee, and especially with this new coaching staff, that they would feel so inclined to extend an offer his way. But uh, he is, again, from great lineage of football. He's got good people around him with solid uh, solid minds around him that, hey, just let's calm down. Let's go through this process. You're still learning about the recruiting process, and uh, if you feel the timing is right, X amount of months from now, then go ahead and commit. So, you know, he's a 16-year-old kid who 
had all the emotions going. He probably wanted to say yes and shake uh, Jeremy Pruitt's hand right right away, but he's going to kind of see what this recruiting process is all about. But he's definitely a talented back who, if he continues to get continues to get bigger, I wonder if he gets a look at linebacker. He said he didn't he didn't go to the camp as a linebacker on Saturday. He strictly did running back drills, and they loved how he moved. So, uh, still a lot of time to go. Jesse Smithy of fivestarpreps.com talking on Sports 180 on WNML. And interesting that Hodge could potentially be a defensive prospect at the college level. Right now, the thought is running back and already a good size, a 200-pound running back as a rising junior. How much weight does he put on? How big can he be at the college level will be a question. But T. Hodge, a very good prospect. Plenty of recruiting still to be done for the 2020 class. But right now, I'd say the Vols are in good shape with T. Hodge, a guy that was very excited to get that offer from Tennessee just a few days ago. You're listening to Rocky Talk, the Tennessee podcast presented by seccountry.com. Let's shift to what's going on with Jeremy Pruitt and his coaching staff getting ready for this upcoming season. I want to welcome to the show Mike Griffith on Twitter, at MikeGriffith32. Mike, thank you for the time. Now, I'd say this conversation does begin with recruiting, but also what's going on on the field for this upcoming fall, what do you think are the main priorities for Jeremy Pruitt and his coaching staff as they're working through these summer months here? Yeah, you know, you're right. You know, finishing up camps and evaluations and, and really not just looking at 2019, but looking at 2020 and even beyond a little bit, you know, just trying to get on the map, you know, trying to get those big orange tentacles out there as far as they can reach and, and get into the areas and the programs that they want to get into. So, uh, I would say, you know, Jeremy and his staff are, are, you know, basically now, you know, trying to grow roots. I mean, everything they've done, it's, you know, everything's been, you know, kind of 11th hour. You know, you come in late, you've got to put together a early signing period class and, you know, what, 13 days? You know, he had to do that. Then he has to scramble to get together a signing class by February. Then he's got to scramble and try and get some kids to come to his camp, get commitments, start to build the 2019 class. I, I don't think they're caught up yet, Josh. I think they're still playing from behind in terms of how busy they've been. And certainly uh, even evaluating this team. And, oh, by the way, don't forget, you've got four quarterbacks now competing for one job as well as a lot of other competitions at different positions. Yeah, we spent a lot of time on Monday show talking about that quarterback battle because it is now four deep. It was two deep in the spring, so it's doubled now with the arrival of Keller Chris, the transfer from Stanford, and J.T. Shrout, the true freshman quarterback from California, who's on campus. And you're right, it's, it's a lot to do in your first summer as a coaching staff because you do have that early signing period. You are trying to figure out, hey, what are we going to look like from a depth standpoint, which will be fluid. It, what we talk about in the first week of August will be different the last week of August based on what happens in practice. But that's also what the coaching staff is trying to plan for right now is that competition, which Jeremy Pruitt told us back in April, will be very different from what we saw in the spring. Oh, no question. Uh, you know, there's gonna they're gonna have four guys taking you know reps and said that you know basically he's got to give these two new guys some repetitions and they've got to catch up to you know where Jared and Will McBride are. Now that said, um, I don't think it's gonna be as big a problem for Keller Chris because he comes from a pro style system. But you know, for JT Shrout, you know, a high school kid didn't enroll early. You know, he's got a lot of catching up to do. I I have any kind of you know, there's no chance. I don't think. 
I, I would have a hard time believing he could win the job. I mean, he would have to just be an absolute phenom in my book to be able to pick up the offense and win the job that quickly. But, I agree. you know, the competition at other positions as well, Josh. I mean, with Brandon Kennedy now thrown in the mix in the offensive line and Jonathan Kongbo moving to linebacker and Emmett Gooden arriving on the defensive line, there's all sorts of different shakeups and potential for position changes. Well, the defensive line part of the conversation has been very intriguing to me because of that move, Jonathan Kongbo, and you know, I think we still wondered how much could he get done on the defensive line, but now that we're talking about him more in a linebacker, a pass rush position, what does Tennessee have from a depth standpoint on the defensive line? Emmett Gooden is a player that we've brought up a bunch. He just... He has to be ready to help Tennessee, I think, based on where some of the numbers are. And then you know, other players, you know Kyle Phillips, you know Shy Tuttle are going to play important roles in the defensive line. So which young players are ready to emerge? Can Alexis Johnson, that's a name we've talked about over the last couple of years, but in this setting, not necessarily with what's happening in games, Mike. So can a player like that? There are a lot of ifs, I guess, is the result here of the defensive line conversation. Yeah, I don't even know if Jonathan Kongbo can play football. I mean, you know, just, you know, just because you can lift weights and you look good in your uniform doesn't mean you can tackle and play with the kind of aggression it takes. I mean, he's a, he's a great athlete, there's no doubt. But, you know, we know that he's only picked up the game, you know, lately. And, you know, if he makes that sack on the you know, Florida quarterback, we're not talking about a loss to Florida. I mean, you just don't know how the whole season goes. But, I mean, here's a guy who clearly is a physical specimen, but that doesn't necessarily translate to being a good football player and you know he wasn't good on the defensive line and there's no guarantee he's going to be an effective linebacker I mean you just can't it's just not that simple you know it takes a lot to play football it's a game of skill and it's a game of great aggression and not everybody has it so you know we'll wait and see how Jonathan Congo does it outside linebacker I mean I like I said he's he's a nice kid he's an articulate kid we all like him but that doesn't necessarily mean he's a great football player so you know, and I'd say that about a couple of guys. You know, there's a couple other guys that have been back there. You know, I had someone ask me yesterday, oh, well, they've got, you know, uh, you know, so so many people coming back in the secondary. Well, the secondary was lousy. I mean, if you got great people coming back, that's one thing. But if you got the same guys coming back that were getting beat last year, then that's not such a good thing. So you either need these guys to get a lot better or you need new players in there. I mean, I don't know. Is Micah Abernathy going to be one of the top two safeties at Tennessee? Um, you know, last year he was he was awful. You know, he cost him games with poor play. I mean, Nigel Warrior is gifted as he is and, and as big of plays and big as hits as he makes, and I still think has the most upside. He had a lot of bust. I mean, can he learn the defense? And you know, is he gonna, you know, make those interceptions like against Kentucky? That would have sealed the game if he makes that pick. So, you know, it comes down to guys coming back and getting better. If they're just guys coming back, it, you know, we always assume, well, so-and-so has, you know, however many players back, 18 players back. Well, okay, well, if they all stunk, then that's not a good thing. So I don't think, you know, people can point to Tennessee and say, well, you got this guy back and this guy back. That, that's not necessarily a good thing if it's if the guy hasn't gotten any better. And, you know, that's where player development for Jeremy Pruitt plays a role. And, and, and to be fair to these coaches, you know, I always get a kick. Oh, player development. These guys, a lot of these guys have been playing football for 12 years. In one year, you're going to make them that much better. I mean, you can teach them techniques, but um, ultimately, uh, a lot of these guys, I mean, you see it at Alabama. I mean, they come in as five stars. You know, that's, you know, how much development really needs to take place there, you know? Yeah, Nigel Warrior needs to play like a, a high-level four-star, five-star player for Tennessee. And, and Jeremy Pruitt, Charles Kelly, those are guys that have coached a lot of, spent a lot of time coaching in the defensive backfield. That's a guy that they need to get the most out of this year. 
No question. And and again, we're not saying Nigel's not a talented guy. And Nigel's made great plays, but Josh, he's been inconsistent. And inconsistent in the secondary gets you beat. I mean, you, one breakdown. I mean, you, you can't make uh, one interception doesn't equal doesn't equal one breakdown because one breakdown is oftentimes a touchdown. So you know, in the secondary, you you can't have a bad day. You can't be inconsistent. You got to be consistent. And you know, Jeremy's defense is complex, and these guys have to learn it. And you saw in the orange and white game how far off they were. I mean, they got beat up by Tennessee's first team offense, thirty-four to seven. And it's not like that first team offense is that great a great a shakes. I don't think not the one we saw in the spring game at least. So. Uh, I think the team's got a long way to go. And, you know, you ask what Jeremy Pruitt's working on. Well, he is working on getting better players. That's important for the future. But, you know, just trying to coach up these guys as much as he can and hope he can get them to a bowl game. Yeah, you're right. Uh, getting better players for the 2019 class, that means for the 2019 season and beyond. For uh, the 2018 year, they're working with – essentially, we know what the roster is. There, there could be some attrition. Maybe there's uh, a surprise arrival. But we essentially know what the roster will be or at least what it will be with – the start of fall camp coming up in six weeks. Yeah, you know, and it's going to be tough. And they got work to do. The players got work to do. To their credit, we haven't seen the attrition that we thought we would see, Josh. I think we all thought we'd see three or four more guys leave, but they haven't. They're all sticking it out. They like living in that big dorm at Tennessee. They like that high, what is it, uh, cost of living that Tennessee provides. It's one of the highest in the countries. Uh, the great food they bring in there now, the, the new weight room. Uh, it's a good thing to be at Tennessee you don't want to go anywhere else but you know what Jeremy Pruitt's going to make them earn their stay here yeah if you're right uh, at Mike Griffith 32 uh, Mike anything else we should add to the listeners before I let you go yeah no that's about it I mean you know we're looking at uh, you know what Jeremy's working on right now and of course I'll have a story out Woody McCorvey is a guy that that uh, was a right-hand man for Gene Stallings at Alabama in the 1990s when Jeremy was there. Now Woody is the right-hand man for Dabo Sweeney. He's really the key to a lot of what Dabo's accomplished has come with Woody McCorvey behind the scenes. And I talked with him about Jeremy Pruitt, and he had some interesting things to say about Jeremy and what he thinks will happen at Tennessee. And I'll have that story coming out later this week. You can find that at seccountry.com. We're here through the rest of this week and next week talking about what's going on with Tennessee each day on the podcast. Again, follow Mike on Twitter, at MikeGriffith32. Hey, Mike, thank you. We'll talk here again soon. Appreciate it, Josh. Mike Griffith of SEC Country. And before I wrap up today's show, I mentioned a note on Tennessee's strength and conditioning program and the weight room. The price tag is out, courtesy of the Knoxville News Sentinel, the total price tag for the flooring and weight room equipment and installation renovation over at UT, $659,309.91. So just under $660,000 spent by Tennessee in April and May on the renovations with Tennessee's weight room. Was it totally necessary? I don't know. But what we do know is that Tennessee will continue to invest in football to get it right. And we'll see if that ends up happening, if they, quote, get it right. But Philip Fulmer as the athletic director, Jeremy Pruitt as the head coach, in this case, Craig Fitzgerald, very involved being the strength and conditioning coach. But they are doing everything they can from a resource standpoint to provide what is needed for Tennessee football to have the most success possible. We'll see in the long run if it pays off, Tennessee very much paying to do everything that it can to make it happen. 
Remember, if news breaks, Mike Griffith has you covered at seccountry.com. I'm here each day this week and next week on the podcast, Rocky Talk, talking about what's going on with Tennessee. Have a question or a comment? Send it my way. I'll try to work it into the show at Josh underscore Ward on Twitter. Thank you again for hanging out. I'll see you tomorrow.